Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Good evening and welcome to another episode of Sugar and Silk, brought to you exclusively by Ace Podcast Nation. My name is Ben Doughty. And my name is Michael Silk Olajide. And we are delighted collectively to be joined this week by my old friend, Donny, the golden boy Lalonde, former WBC light heavyweight champion of the world. It's been a while, Donny. How are you doing? I'm great. Great to see you guys. Always nice to see you guys, both of you. It's always Absolutely. great to see Donny. There was a time when I wouldn't like to see him. It was in Gleason's now, right hand of yours. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you two... You two sparred, right? You two sparred a bunch oh, of rounds. Yeah, it was yeah. like, what, 86? Oh, it was so funny. It was Michael, the first, we, we boxed one day, and Michael outboxed me so much it made me feel like a kid, and like I was in sandbox, and he, he was like on skates or something. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I don't remember that part, but I do remember feeling that right hand whistling by my head a couple of times, and I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> I saw, some, I saw, yeah. I saw yeah. something else at that point. I was like, "No, this is the this is the kind of guy you definitely want to make sure you miss, make him miss." Because I was focused on that right <laughs> hand. That's all I looked at. I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> and appropriately enough, with there being a natural size difference between you two gentlemen, people made a big deal of the size difference in last night's blockbuster for the undisputed lightweight championship of the world. And it didn't appear to be a factor. A lot of the world, a lot of the fans and media and industry are outraged and believe that Vassal Lomachenko was robbed. I don't know if I want to use that language, to be honest with you, gentlemen, but I think it was a clear enough win for Lomachenko. And um, I don't see the argument in any aspect that, that Devin Haney was a better man last night. I know that you're a little bit more in the middle on that, Michael. Yeah, um... I, I really could have seen either fighter winning. You know, Donnie, it was one of those kind of fights where one guy established himself early, but it wasn't like a real solid, like solid. It kind of like fluctuated. In every round, there were little fluctuations like ebb and flows. And then when um, nobody really established themselves until late, probably 10th round, Lomachenko had the best round that either fighter had had. I think he had visibly hurt Haney. 
and had him in trouble, but he didn't take it to that next level. And this is the thing that I was talking about with great fighters. Like everyone was using the term, what was the term they used last night? Um, that it was a high high end stuff or something like high that. High tech, they keep saying, Michael. Well, they they call him high tech, but they said this is this is high end stuff between these two fighters. Like what they were both doing was like really the highest the level they were at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The level they were at was higher than you'd ever seen with boxers before. No. And I'm like, no, that's absolutely not the case at all. And these people continue to forget that, like, like what Sugar Ray did with Tommy Hearns in the late rounds, when what Joe Frazier did with Ali in the in the fifteenth round, what Ali did with Frazier in the third fight, you know, what Holmes Norton in the fifteenth, Holmes Norton, yeah, like <laughs> in those championship rounds when it's time to shift up, these guys did that, and they were able to do that with with skill, with precision, with knowledge, and with purpose, and neither. Lomachenko or Haney were able to do that and clearly define a win for themselves when they needed to. Both of them kind of like were were iffy in the in the eleventh and twelfth rounds, as far as I was concerned. Oh, and I think so that was Michael, a after, yeah. after six rounds, I felt Haney might not have won a round beyond argument, even though I could see he might have been awarded around here or there. I thought the first round was even. I didn't think he was imposing himself on the fight. I know you. Sp- you speak a lot about this kind of thing. I felt that Haney was constantly reacting to what Lomachenko was doing and he was never managing to dictate the pattern of the fight, the pace of the fight himself at all. Uh, yeah. I think I'll go and ask you a few, a couple of questions. Did Lomachenko throw more punches? Like, imagine we're in a courtroom. Just yes or no will do. Did he throw more punches? Yes. But, but, uh, but Donnie, you, you would know this. I don't think Lomachenko threw more purposeful punches. Lomachenko is this thing he does, and he sort of like paints a picture. He goes like this, yeah. and then whap, he'll throw one in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he'll so he'll touch, 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 and then whap. Like Joe Kozaki. And people are counting those touches. As good analogy. You know what I mean? It's, it's yeah, like, yeah. They're counting those touches as punches, and that's wrong. But every okay. everything I've, I've heard about it, everything I've heard about it, everything I hear is what Lomachenko did and what the other guy didn't do. Mm-hmm. And maybe some of what Lomachenko could have done. Yeah. But it seems to me Lomachenko won this fight. I mean, he outpointed him a lot and he controlled the pace of the fight. Is that true I, or no? No. Well, where I was going, Michael, oh, okay. if you're in the witness stand for a second, Michael, I said, so, <laughs> three more punches. You answered that with your, with your little qualification, which was important. Okay. Did Lomachenko land more punches? What? Once again, that's the question to I'm, you. And that I'm not exactly sure because. because just okay, just not sure. Just not sure is fine. The, one more question. That's it. Um, yeah. Did Lomachenko hurt Haney on a couple of occasions? He hurt. I know he definitely hurt him in the tenth round. Was he ever and hurt in return? Was he ever hurt in return, Lomachenko? At I, any think, point? I think. I think. I think with the body shots, with that right uppercut to the body, he hurt Lomachenko a couple. Of, well, one time definitely. I think one time he hurt Lomachenko with a right uppercut to the body, and he kept. And that was the one punch. That was the one thing different Haney did that he'd never done before. That he adjusted and brought into the fight with Lomachenko. Lomachenko was doing the same thing he always did, and I'm like, I don't get it. All he had to do was apply pressure on this kid and throw that, you know, and and like and come with that straight left to the body and come over with the right hand, and he would have had him, and he did that in the tenth round. But what was his corner telling him? I don't. I don't get the communication between either one of their corners. I think they did not perform well, and they in turn hurt their fighters because they didn't give them proper perspective of the fight. 
So it's funny you say that, Michael, because I actually think as much as they call it the Matrix and all the rest of it, and he is a he is a wonderfully skilled fighter, I actually think he is quite readable or more readable than people would have you believe because he does have repeatable patterns. Would, do you, do you yes, think that as well, Donnie, from what you've seen of him? The thing you have to remember in the conversation is the quality of these two fighters. You know, Lomachenko, what are you, is in a pro, uh, world title fight in his second fight or something? Yeah. You know, yes. He's had 20 yeah. fights, about 15 of them in world title fights. Haney's yeah. an exceptional level of fighter. So between the two of them, sometimes one guy make, makes another guy look bad or they're, they're not as effective as you thought they should have been. I mean, they're fighting great fighters. These are two great fighters in there. You know, it's like watching Willie Pep and saying, yeah, but the guy didn't hit him much. And nobody's fighting Willie Pep. Nobody hit him in 250 <laughs> fights, you know. So from what I from everything I've heard, you know, it was a lot of Lomacheco trying to make a fight, Haney being happy that anything he could neutralize, but nothing that he did was really as Michael was suggesting. He's saying it with both of them, but none of them took it up to that level and kind of like commanded a victory. Exactly. But at least it yeah. sounds like Lomacheco did more. I mean, you got to give some credit to that. If somebody's not yeah. really doing much but surviving. At least yeah. the other guy's trying, you know. Yeah, but but it wasn't it wasn't really like he wasn't trying either. He was trying. He was he wasn't using like he wasn't landing on Lomachenko clean except for to to the body, really. And there were odd jabs and odd hooks and stuff like that, right hand counters, things like this that that he was able to do. They were both one shotting a lot, like pot shotting a lot. And you know Haney's gonna do that. Um, Lomachenko is more of a uh, heel, heel punching combination. Yeah, yeah, but he did. He wasn't able to do that consistently. But do you see him consistently land that straight left hand from from the side, often slip and come back with a straight left hand counter? And he was constantly nailing uh, Haney with that pretty clean a lot of the time. Yeah, a lot of the time he was yes, but yeah. but again, more, more than you like... saw Haney do anything similar in the same kind of way consistently well. Do I think that? Sorry, repeat that. Did, did you see Lomachenko doing that more consistently well than Haney did anything else? Perhaps. Um, that's kind of a gray area for me because I, I didn't look at it like that. Like, you know, the way I, I like, I talk about fights, the way I like to talk about fights is when you're watching a fight and observing a fight, you're kind of, if you look at the space in between the fighters, you're able to tell a lot more than if you're staring at one fighter and you and if you're yes. looking at one fighter and you're kind of at that point you're mesmerized by what they're doing and all you're seeing is what they're doing offensively and defensively and you're not seeing what your other opponent what his opponent is doing. So, I, I, was I like think that's say, a great point. In the and see the energies coming across. And what what happened to me? What with me? I saw I saw Devin's energy dominating and then I saw. Um, Lomachenko's go, and then I saw Lomachenko's ebb, and then I saw Lomachenko come back forwards. So I wasn't really counting punches, but I was looking at that energy exchange between the two, and Don, this is Donnie, kind of what I saw. A lot of a lot of people don't understand the point that Michael just made. It is possible, is it not, to watch one fighter, even though they're in the same fight together? Sometimes you can watch one fighter at the expense of the other when you're weighing up a fight. Do you, do you think? Of course, of course, and some fighters. Subconsciously, you favor you you favor yeah. styles. You favor Absolutely. power yes. over defense. Yeah, you favor favor yeah. footwork over over head movement. You know, so I mean, we all have our biases that we can't. You know, we try really hard not to allow affect our opinion, but they do. 
Can I ask both of you, regardless yeah. of the because I, I suspect Michael, if he'd have scored it round by round, may well have got Lomachenko winning, but he simply doesn't regard it as a heist. He, he's not as hard line on it as I am, and, and he can see the argument why somebody would have at least had them all square. But can I ask both of you gentlemen, over and above last night's fight, the problem in boxing generally, it, do we have a problem with scoring in boxing that needs reform and needs addressing? And does it desperately need more clarity? to avoid this situation occurring so relentlessly, almost on a weekly basis. Michael, first then. Oh, I was going to say our guest first. Uh, go on, go on. No, no, Donnie uh, first. Go on. Uh, I, I, I personally think on that, it's just like, you know, obviously there is corruption. There's corruption in every business, there's corruption in everything mankind does because we're, you know, tempted by greed and fear, you know. And fear is not having enough, you know? So there is corruption. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say yes, for sure. But I got to say, like, I mean, I honestly tried judging once. Just yeah, you said that. Inv invited me to, yeah, right? Yeah. And I mean, I couldn't believe what a limited perspective I had and how hard it was for me to see a lot of times what actually happened, mm -hmm. you know? So I've always mm -hmm. been such a critic of judges until that yeah, happened. Put yourself in their shoes. Right. And I, I've done it once and I was so wrong. I just went, oh, my God. I've done, now I, now I want to apologize when to you every say, judge. When you say your perspective, do you mean where you were sitting or do you mean just your whole Yeah, your I mean, like where you're sitting. Yeah. yeah, but where you're sitting, you see like 20% of the whole thing. So, what, so you guys, why see it the other way. The ref's in the way, the guy's yeah. turning, this guy's so turning. That's, this that's, why, that's why I don't understand about boxing. Why doesn't it adjust? Why doesn't it put three judges beside each other in a room with cameras like we see at home and be able to judge a fight from there because seeing it on a camera, I, I'd rather watch a fight on TV than I would go live and watch it. Yeah. Like, like and, and, even, and even with the little stick where they could like go back and do a replay. Exactly. Go, Did that really happen? Oh, yeah, yeah you got him with that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that, you know. And then they can figure it yeah. out for 30 seconds and then do their Do they score, need VAR? You know, you know like, like when they replay it, do you think they need that technology at the fingertips? Why, why not? Why not have the best that technology offers? Yes. We do that with everything yes. else in life. Why would we limit yeah. ourselves to an archaic way of doing something? You know, 100%. What if there were like sensors in the knuckles of the gloves or whatever? That, that kind of thing. Well, Steve, Michael, that's interesting because do you remember the amateur gloves with the white patches on the gloves? Yeah. Popular in the 70s and 80s, Teofilo Stevenson kind of yeah. things. Because yeah. some people suggested that there should be some gloves. That was to, that was to distinguish the knuckle part landing, right? Mm -hmm. But some people suggested there should be a sensor in the glove which registers a punch and I put you on, on the target area, you know, the, the face and, and the, the acceptable areas of the body. But mm -hmm. the thing with that is, that is when you're just counting punches Right, but that's what they endeavoured to do when they had the computer scoring. After Roy Jones got robbed in the Olympic final in Seoul, 1988, the Olympic Committee threatened to throw boxing out of the programme if they didn't come back with a more appreciable scoring criteria. Because you must admit, we, we all we, we know boxing, right? Especially you two, and um, we understand how to score fights, or we think we understand how to score fights because we've been around it for a long time. But when you try and explain it to a layperson, you say, what do you score on? We probably say, well, you know, it's a mixture of things. It's this and it's that. And they said, that's not good enough. You need to... You know, so in the end, they said, okay, let's make it about the punches. So you count the punches. So we're going to use a computer and it's going to... As long as you guys press this within a second of each other, three of you out of five, then the punch, you know, a point is registered to the red corner. But see, 
that is not judging in its entirety. That's is preposterous. It? That is literally counting punches. Do you know what I mean? It's punch steps. Yeah, of right, course. Donnie? There's nothing. Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. In yeah. my opinion, you know. And that's, and, and, and that's and, where the sensor would lead us, like Michael. The sensors that would that would be like a more reliable calculator. Yes. I think I think it would, and and the um, the technology is, uh, exists at this point. It really does. They they have uh, these punch things for fitness programs. You know what I mean? So so they'll, they'll they'll it'll let you know exactly when you know impact is made. Maybe even how much great how great the impact is. Balls, balls, yeah. But but yeah. I, but I also but I also believe that you know you can't just score offense. You have to score defense as well. Like if someone's exactly flipping and blocking, why isn't that being counted as a? As See, a, I don't agree with that, Michael. We've had this before. I don't agree with it. The reason why is because uh -huh. I think it's wonderful defense. It's utterly crucial, more important than anything else, probably. But for me, so it's not positive. Not score. It's not a positive. It's not a positive scoring criteria. What it does is it stops your opponent scoring. The same way a beautiful save in football that stops the, op the opposition getting a goal. You don't get a goal for saving it. That's my value base. It's no, no, but your, go your goalie oh. can still be the most valuable player in the tournament Absolutely. because he stopped Absolutely. the most goals. Yeah, yeah defense was actually what won the game. Exactly getting points for that's what won the game, and that's what Michael's saying. That's giving points for defense. I mean, you, you can't ignore if you know if you're trying to weigh and balance a fight. Two guys come out of the fight, and one guy's all beat up, and the other guy isn't. I mean, you got to give some sure, credence to that. The guy who didn't get beat sure, up had because, to do something, right? Because the other guy landed more punches. That's what you should be looking at. You should be looking at punches landed on the target. And the only difference, the only thing that needs to come into that equation is relative force and impact. And obviously, there's a question of knockdowns and but how knockdowns could impact on the scoring. That's why you want the human element. Three opinions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Completely yeah. different. But, but I mean, it's, it's extremely important. One, we talk about ring generalship and controlling the ring and controlling the pace. Exactly. Defense is an extremely important part of ring generalship, right? I mean, that's yes. that's naturally it. If if you're if you're able to stop a man from look, look at Floyd Mayweather's everything about Floyd Mayweather's success is based off defense first. The first thing that when the bell rings, the first thing he wants to do is stop you from hitting him. Once you get dissuaded, once you get discouraged, then he starts putting it on you offensively. And that comes like about the fourth, fifth round. Every, every single fight is like that. He comes out, he does this, and he's doing that, and he's blocking, and guys get frustrated, and they get winded. They start to stick that jab. Then he pot shot you with the right hand. Then he'll come back with the left hook. And that is exactly his thing. But defense is winning him that fight. But it's the defense that set it up. I don't deny right. that. I just don't think it should be a positive scoring criteria. I hope you understand the difference between. I, I am not. I'm absolutely about defence. I, I think it's just so important. And like you say, Mayweather led with his defence, and uh, I think he was possibly the finest defensive fighter, all told that we've but ever seen. But this is the I think every aspect. I just don't think that is that stops you getting hit, which is absolutely beautiful because it stops people scoring on you. I don't see. I, you know, everybody uses that Willie Pep parable, right? You know, the, the myth that he won a round without throwing a punch. That didn't happen, and it shouldn't happen. But if you don't get hit, you can't get beaten. My dad told me that a long time ago. Unfortunately, I didn't adhere to it. But I'm not disagreeing with the spirit of what you're saying, but I think we need to be careful about scoring points for defence. I think we should be scoring on punches. This is why you need the human element involved, because exactly. we have different opinions we're never going to agree on. Never going to agree all, on. We're, so we're going to judge it based on different things. Yes. 
you know, you watch a fight, and here we are, all three of us watching a fight, and one guy does, and Michael and I are like, wow, look at that guy's defense. The guy never hit him. And he <laughs> hit him four times, you know, yeah. 40 I mean, times, that, you know. That, isn't that even part of what Lomachenko was all about, the ability he's able to right. slip and turn and pivot and get it? Those things are like, in people's minds, they may not be scoring points for him, but they are. They're saying Like you say, starting. ring generalship. We're giving exactly. him value exactly. for that. Yeah. We're you're, giving, you're him giving him credence value. for that. Yeah. Exactly. You're saying no, it's only who hits each other most. And it's true. Probably who hits the most is by far the biggest in the way and balance scale. By yeah. far the biggest. But those other things can't be ignored. I, but but ideally, defense, you, know. you, can give, you can give like half points for defense. I mean, it's really there scoring. You these guys, you know what I mean? Give him a half point for defense. If you slip a punch, give him half. There you don't you have to give him a point for a punch. But but how would you actually apply that, Michael? I mean, did you did you actually score last night round by round? I did not know because you've got these theories which sound okay, but seriously, how do you? Because there is no half point measure. There is no half point measure. No, there isn't. But it system. doesn't mean that it doesn't mean they shouldn't create one just because. There okay. Isn't. I, so we do agree the scoring system needs reform and more clarity, right? Yeah, sure. Right. It could definitely use some reform. It's ancient. Yeah, sure. And I think, like we, like you said, stated earlier, Donnie and Ben, you both said the same thing, and that's. You know, if you're sitting at a certain angle, you're not going to get the full feel of the fight, and and you know, certain things are just going to stop you from from seeing the fight for what it really is. So at that point, you need to do like there needs to be a bird's eye view for for the person scoring the fight. Exactly. Yeah, down exactly. lower than the action, they should be sitting lower than the action and looking up. And then there's a ref in between, and then there's a they have you know the guy with the camera, and then they have the corner. And, and you just you just miss so much. So they do need to upgrade boxing in those ways, so they can get absolutely. A Before we move on to the, the the more personal story of our illustrious guests, and I, we should explain to the ladies <laughs> and gentlemen that that uh, Donnie didn't see the fight last night because he's living basically in the jungle. I think it's Costa Rica, and it's harder <laughs> for Donnie to watch fights sometimes where he is. We're, we're actually amazed we're getting this this signal with him today, but yeah. um. I want to ask both of you gentlemen a question, starting with Donny. One more question about scoring and professional boxing and the industry. Um, a lot of the fans refer, you know, glibly to the passing of brown envelopes, um, Donny. You know, the idea there's blatant corruption, there's payola. Do, have you ever seen any evidence of that in your long years in boxing, of, of anything being that blatant, as if to say, well, listen, this is, we'll look after you and, and we'll pay you a certain amount to, to, to favour our guy? I've seen a lot of things in boxing, crazy, crazy things, but I've never seen that. I've never seen somebody pay a ref to do something or a fighter right. to do something. Or never right. seen any of that. You know, you hear the stories. Yeah. You know, Michael, I've never seen it. I, I mean, I, I'm not. I don't. I mean, uh, we've all had different ex experiences in boxing, and and Donnie, I, I, I don't know if you've come from the you are in the business and you kind of do business with people that are a little bit dubious, and, you know, nefarious, yeah. whatever it is, you know, you, you run into those kinds of people and they're a real legitimate part of boxing. Um, I, I know that in, in a fight or two of mine, I've had some kind of, you know, crazy things happen where, where you would say, there has been some outside influence in the decisions of what, like, I mean, obvious blatant. For sure. You know what I mean? But, but for sure. 
but between the between the the uh, judges, I, I've never seen that. I've never seen that. I've seen obviously there are people that are connected in serious ways in the business, and they kind of sway things their way. And that was obviously a lot more uh, prevalent decades ago, or even 10, twenty ah. years ago, more prevalent. I mean, it could be happening right now. You know, I would yeah. be surprised if it never happened. I would be shocked. <laughs> but I can't say I've seen somebody pay somebody or actually even know of an instance yeah. where I know that that happened. Mm -hmm. Honestly, don't. Yeah. Okay. I've never been involved um, with anything like that or seen it or heard it. I've not heard of it, not heard it. Seen it. I can't say because I still I want to stay six feet, not six feet under for a while yeah michael your your, your answer donnie's answer no i've seen all the open. you, you yeah. seem to like you're holding something close to your chest here silk yeah well there's <laughs> lots there's lots <laughs> about there's lots about boxing that we can't probably say yeah because yeah. it's the people you'd be speaking against yeah. are people like i mean i actually you know this many years later feel like i'm probably okay to say anything about anybody even though, yeah, like, so you know, I've had my life. You there, whatever that is, Donnie. Well, if they haven't found me yet, you know, I mean, they threatened me. They threatened me that many years ago, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, to a point where police came to me and said, we're undercover. There's been a contract put on your life. We're here to Jeez. protect you. We yeah. got to move you to A or B, you know. So yeah, I know yeah. stuff has happened, and I know who they are, and I know what they're about. And yeah. today, I mean, it's mafia. It's mafia people, you know. Yeah. And whether yeah. it like, but back in the day, it was in Montreal. It was in Winnipeg. It was in New York. Yeah. You know. Mm -hmm. Do you know, Donnie, yeah. the first time I ever, you ever spoke to me in any form, or we ever had contact on social media, and I was starstruck when you did comment. It's, it's going back quite a few years. I posted a thread about Teddy Atlas, and you said, you said something along the lines of, "Well, yes, Teddy Atlas is the kind of guy who." who talks casually in his autobiography of his, his cold-blooded plans to murder me. So you have to be careful. You have to take what that kind of individual says with a pinch of salt. And I was like, wow, Donnie Lalonde just commented on my Facebook because I wasn't, I wasn't as, I, I, wanna, I don't want to say big because I'm not saying I'm big now, but I was, I was less big then. And I, and I was like, why is Donnie Lalonde talking to me on Facebook? But that was, that's the kind of lead in. I, I know we're jumping ahead of your story, but that was the first thing you chimed in with quite matter-of-factly. You were saying, well, yeah, Teddy Atlas, is talking in his book like he'd come to shoot me and kill me because he thinks that I cut him out of a load of, you know, finances by firing him ahead of the Sugar Island fight. And I was like, wow. That was, that was, <laughs> that was, that was a particularly, um, I mean, that was a huge part of your life right there, right, Donnie? The, um, the sugar, the whole Sugar Ray, um, Dave Wolf. You had Dave Wolf your whole career, yeah. didn't you? Or most of no, it? No, 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 1985. Okay. I got with Dave, October of 85, and he moved yeah. me to New York. Yeah. Um, I was looking around for a promoter always. You know, I used to, yeah. Pete Susan's brought up opponents to, or yeah, fighters to Winnipeg fight cards. Mm -hmm. And Pete is very tight with Bruce Trampler. So yes. Bruce Trampler is Bob Arum's matchmaker. Oh, yes. So I was always close to Arum and top rank. Mm -hmm. And I would beg them to sign me to fight, but they'd be like, why, Donnie? Why would we sign you? Because I'm better than your guys. <laughs> you know, what do we what do we care you're canadian i know but i mean i like i'm a canadian champion i know but if you come to the coffee shop in new york for a coffee yeah. bring your belt but you better bring 25 cents because you're gonna need to buy your coffee <laughs> the belt's not gonna get you anyway you know and you know we we had to really back then michael i mean like coming from canada you know yeah. 
we were mm -hmm. kind of like very not really thought highly of. We yes, had one yes. Canadian with success, which was yeah. George Chavallo. Yes. And people, you know, incorrectly think they thought of him as a punching bag. George was actually a very talented fighter, you know. Yes, he was. And yeah. fought many great fighters and very yeah. honorable career. Yes. But that wasn't the perception of Canadians yes. back then. Yeah. A bit like British fighters, Donnie. British British fighters have yeah. a soft threat for many years. Well, yeah. Yeah. With one it's exception, true. then both Donnie and I were like amongst the two better-looking guys in boxing. I think you were. <laughs> There's a definite link there. The, the whole thing was he obviously with has golden boy. Problem. Yes, um, <laughs> yeah, it, absolutely. You two were both marketers, kind of sex symbols, and all the rest of it. Which that's why I would have thought they were missing a trick with Donnie, saying they couldn't sell him or they couldn't market him because of the blonde locks and the, and the, you know handsomeness and and being articulate. They obviously missed a trick there if they were if they were hesitant to sign him. But but um, when Michael when when Michael and I were coming up, again Canadians as boxers in general were not were lightly regarded. Yeah, you know, and the people they were really focused on was Sean O'Sullivan and Willie Dewitt because they were Olympians. Yes. yes, you know, so there's sponsorships. There's <laughs> you know, mainstream media connections with Olympians mm -hmm. and television. Mm -hmm. Professional boxing back then had like a, you know, kind of underground kind of perspective, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And not, we weren't, there wasn't a lot of like fighters selling seven up. Like yeah. there was yeah. Ray Leonard, who, uh, who else, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. But so Donnie, was, so, so I'm sorry, but you were able to take it a much higher level than what I was able to. Like you were able to get to that point where you were like in that super fight. I was very blessed, uh -huh. and I had very good people around me. Dave Wolf did a great job. Tommy uh -huh. Gallagher was a big yeah, part. Yeah. My yeah. trainer, he was a big part of putting that fight together. Yeah. How, uh, how so? Well, the Leonard people uh, had an experience with Dave previous. I'm trying to think of what it was. But anyway, mm -hmm. they wouldn't deal with him directly. Mm -hmm. They didn't want to deal with him directly. Yeah. Uh -huh. And so Tommy was the intermediator, and Tommy, yeah. you know, Tommy's just he's got a silver tongue. He can say anything to the, anybody, and it's going to be the right thing at the right time. And yes. you know, yeah. so uh, Tommy made that fight more than anybody. But Dave put me in the position by keeping me independent from a promoter, so yes. Ray didn't have to deal with Aaron or King or any other promoter. Yeah, you know, this kind of a thing. So mm -hmm. part of it, Michael, was really good management by keeping me. A, Free, free agent. Yes. Like Jerry Cooney fighting Holmes. That all happened because he was a free agent also. Yeah. You yeah. Know, everybody says, oh, it's white. No, it's because they're free agents. Yeah. I've kept my guy Malik. I've got Malik, this fighter right now, right? Now, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And he's a free agent. And we've kept him a free agent all the way up till now. But it's costing him time. And I think it's time to get him a promoter. You know, yes. it's time uh -huh. to get him with a promoter and a sponsor so he can just focus on boxing. He's been too mm -hmm. focused trying to do everything. Mm -hmm. I was very blessed. I mean, I, w I didn't have what O'Sullivan and DeWitt had, which was sponsors and management, mm -hmm. organized structure all yes. around me from when I was young. Yes. But I didn't go to the Olympics either. I didn't deserve it. You know, you have to prove yourself. Yeah. But you I were had 15 amateur fights. You love In the How pros, many? I did eventually. Yeah. How many amateur, amateur fights? 15. Wow. That's not very yeah, I was 11 and four. No. Wow. <laughs> I didn't even want to have I didn't even want to have any. I wanted to just turn pro. 
You're pro. I had no interest in amateur boxing. And so, how did I was you lose that space? Did were you sparring a lot? Were you like, yeah, yeah, I, that's what I did. I, I, I sparred a lot. You fought Even Wayne Caplet. Remember, you you fought Wayne Caplet, right? Yeah. Michael? Yeah. Yeah. So Wayne was the main sparring guy for me when I was, you know, coming up. Yeah. Um, uh, Lennox Lewis was grow growing up in the gym I was in in Kitchener, Ontario. He was 12 yeah. when I started. I was 15. And so, uh, you know, there was good guys in there. One guy fought Leonard. Bobby Prue was his name, a Canadian Olympian. You know, I, so I had good boxing in Canada, relatively speaking, for Canada. But yeah. more than that is when I was young, I, I drove to the States and just sparred with you know, back in those days, it said Marvin Johnson was the meanest and toughest guy in a boxing gym. Got any weight, anywhere. You know, he's an animal. He'll try and knock out anybody. I said, I got to go box with that guy, you know, because I didn't get the amateur background. Yeah. So I just moved. I just went and moved. You know, I walked in and Champ Cheney looks at me. Boys, what do you want here? Like, we're in the wrong part of the neighborhood, right? Wrong part of town. And I'm like, I'm here to box. And he goes, really? Who do you want to box? I said, Marvin Johnson. He goes, okay, well, you can box him anytime you want. You know, because Marvin would knock, Marvin would knock people out every day. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so I thought, okay, this is what I need. You know, I need somebody who's literally going to make me learn how to fight, like, what, you know, yes. one way or another. So anyway, so I just, from that point on, just went to learn in sparring. You know, I, I figured that out early. Yeah. My friend John Doe just asked, did you ever train with the Hilton family? We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I'm very close with the Hilton family and I fought on cards they fought on, but I yes. never trained with them because they're in Montreal and, and I, I, I only fought in Montreal. Okay. So. I never trained there. Yeah. Hmm. I love the Hiltons. Yeah. yeah we had them great, on last great week. Guys. Oh. Crazy. Yeah. Great guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were. Uh, so yeah. So then Michael, I had, I had really good people around me like Dave, yes. The people that he put in my life that kind mm -hmm. of like, you know, brought People Magazine or Sports Illustrated and that kind yes. of stuff, yeah. that all came obviously because of the Leonard thing. Uh -huh. But it was also already in the works. I was already world champion. I defended against Stewart yes, because yes. Dave had these kind of cross-marketing experience yes. and yes. know-how know know and team behind him, you know. Yeah. Like, like you, you fought with Bobby Goodman in New York. At yeah, the garden, right? Great, I mean, it's not great. a bigger stage. It's not yeah, a bigger stage. New York was where it's at. Now, did you also work with Gina Andriola? Gina is Dave's wife. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So she, she was my attorney. Yeah. Well, she did everything. Yes. I mean, she, you know, she told me what to wear. She told me what, I mean, she's like my, my mother, you know. <laughs> Gina's yeah. awesome. I got to love Gina. Yeah. So, so you give us a, give us a, going up to the Ray Leonard fight. This is huge. It's massive. You're doing press all over the place. What's your, in your career, I guess, when was your biggest star moment? When did you think like this? Wow, it's never been like this before. And I love it. Like what's happening in your world at that point? I mean, I guess there's a few things in so much as like celeb, other people you get to meet that, yes. you know, you look up to like Muhammad Ali. 
Yeah. Or for me, Bob Dylan, you know, or for yeah. me, Paul yeah. Simon. You know, yeah. just different people, uh, hockey players, football, you know, people yeah. in other sports. So, the, so one part of it, of course, was that part, that part. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, one time I was in a uh, convertible in L.A., Mm -hmm. And these people on this bus stood up and started screaming my name and talking, you know, and I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, you know, and it just kind of was like, wow, you know, you forgot, yeah. you know, you, you yeah. don't realize, you know, yeah, things like that, things yeah. like that happen. And you just go, oh my God, I guess people, you know, like you yeah. go to Italy, you know, Italy, you think nobody's going to know you. You're yeah. in a restaurant, they start hugging you. Oh my God! And they take <laughs> over, show you your poster, and love yeah. you. And everything's on the house, and blah blah blah. You know. Yeah, that's beautiful. Those kind and, of things, but, I guess. You know. Since you mentioned Bob Dylan, Donny, one thing that the viewers may find interesting and, and probably don't know, I believe you trained Dylan in boxing at some point in the last several years. You actually, you know, like he was a, a personal training client of yours, if you will. Or, well, no, I mean, I never charged Bob anything. I, I, Bob and I were, were, have always been friends. Yeah. And so, you know, it was, more, it was more a number of years back. And, and he, he always talked boxing before I met him. I knew that. So as soon as I met him, I just asked him for an address that he would, because he told me he wanted to have a boxing gym. And I sent him everything you need for a boxing gym. Yeah. He still has that gym today in well, L.A. In, uh, Santa, in Santa Monica. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway... So we would spar and, you know, I mean, but, you know, I mean, he was quite a bit older than me. Like I'm 63 right now. And back then I thought 50 was ancient, you know, <laughs> yeah. and he was probably 50 or, you know, something like that, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. but anyway, it, it was a lot of fun. Bob just loves boxing. He mm -hmm. loves boxing and he takes everything he does very seriously. Yeah. Yeah. You know? but imagine if you had footage of Donnie mm -hmm. Lalonde sparring with Bob Dylan. That's stuff for the social media age right there. Well, what I thought was a great quote, great quote after one time we sparred, he goes, so, Donnie, did I do anything wrong? <laughs> and I was like, no, Bob, you were perfect. You're Muhammad Ali. What, 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 do you need to, what, what more do you need to learn? <laughs> Donnie, let me ask you, what is the hardest punch you've ever hit somebody with? Who, who was that person? And tell me what happened. Probably, probably Eddie Davis. Like, Eddie I literally Davis. was afraid for him. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was kind of half out of it already. And yeah. I turned him to the side. So yeah. he didn't see it coming. Like, I, I like yeah. literally have chills on my body telling you. Because yeah. I was so afraid for his life. You know, my guy yes. punched hard. And I mean, yeah. it's all I had. Because I was beat up every other way, you know. And so, uh, like, I remember, you can see it in the fight. I like kind of like my gun's loaded and I and I like yeah. cock it back and I oh my god I really don't want to throw this and then I throw it yeah. and he goes down and yeah. I mean literally I mean his body didn't move yeah. his hands yeah. still stayed like he was fighting his feet were twitching like yeah. this for a long yeah. time wow you know everybody yeah. wants to celebrate and I'm like hey this freaking guy's not even you know conscious yeah. Yeah. so I would have yeah. to say probably yeah. Eddie Davis you know wow and and you when did you realize you had that kind of power. I realized that early, again, because I had to learn how to punch. I actually started boxing because I love mm -hmm. boxing. I just love to make, it, make a guy miss and then make him pay for trying to hit yeah. you idea. Yeah. You know, it was just so fun to me. It was almost like yeah. playing tag, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, then, uh, and then, you know, I had tore my rotator cuff in hockey. Yes. 
So yes. I had a messed up left shoulder and then I destroyed my right hand. So I mm -hmm. had to learn how to be a pinpoint hard punch, accurate hard puncher. Yeah. yeah. And I had to hit you where it was soft. Yeah. That's what I mean. I turned yeah. it to the side. So I hit him on the soft part of the chin, yeah. Yeah. you know, because my hands were destroyed. Mm -hmm. I broke my left hand. I broke both my hands in one fight by the third round, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So I had to learn how to be a puncher and an accurate puncher. Mm -hmm. yeah. And very good defensively because I couldn't do much offensively other than that. Yeah, I couldn't get in there and mess it up with you guys because I would screw up something: elbow, That's shoulder, what hand. What watching you, I got that sense, and even in the Leonard fight, that you've gone an awful long way on a necessarily reduced um, set of offensive attributes. Your, your, your jab literally <laughs> looked like it was a measuring string sometimes just to set up that booming right hand and it because of the injuries and it looked like you'd really had to you'd really had to maximize your best assets because of the, the physical injuries and all the rest of it you know yeah but you know one thing sorry go ahead michael so i was going to say the interesting thing about your style having moved with you you may not think your left hand was that effective but one it still hurt like it stung when it hit you and it served as a distraction. It blinded you from what was coming behind it. You yeah. know what I mean? The right hand, which means you, you can't fight at the levels we fought at, Michael, without being able to fight with two hands, both yeah. hands. You know, my yeah. left hand was way better than people think. Yes. Um, uh, Ray Leonard says that. A number of people I have fought afterwards said that. You know, the part that shocked them is my left hand. They thought they, all they read was I didn't have one. You know. <laughs> but mainly, what that—that's all—that's all, that's all um, timing. You know. Yeah. You know, punching is timing anyway. P power yeah. in boxing, punch power, really comes from timing. You know, timing. If, if all you have is strength in your punch. You're going to yeah. knock somebody over, but you're not going to yeah. knock them out or down. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, timing yeah. is what gives you where you snap that yes. nerve yeah. or, you know, whatever yeah. the heck it is that we snap down there. And all of a sudden yeah. your legs go and everything is like, you yeah. don't even know your own name for a minute. And you're like, what the hell happened to me? You know, where's the bus? I'm going to get on my ass here, you know. So, yeah. You know, that's, that's how punch, that's how you punch. You know, that's how I learned yeah. how to punch. If you hit the yeah. guy right. Mm -hmm. He's gone for like 10 seconds, you know, he'll be okay. But if for 10 seconds, he doesn't know his name, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that was my focus was to not get hit as much as yeah. possible and to knock somebody out because I didn't have the resilience. Mm -hmm. yeah. you know? And I get the impression you were one of those punchers. Michael talks about this a lot. The mindset of the puncher is, is a guy that knows I only have to hit you sweet once. And I'm going for another that, shower. That was, yeah. that was my problem in the Leonard fight. When he went down in the fourth round, yeah. that's exactly what went through my mind. He didn't hit him clean. One, mm -hmm. one more. If I hit him, next time I hit him clean, this is over. Yeah. So I stopped doing what I did to set him up to land mm -hmm. the punches, which yes. was use my left hand, use my left hand to yeah. move him around until he walks into one. And uh, instead, I started watching and waiting for him to make mm -hmm. a mistake till I hit him. Yeah, well, Ray's you, not going to volunteer to make a mistake. Exactly, you set him you, up for you it. Him, you clipped him off the top of the head too. I remember that, which is a dangerous punch to get hit with. That just kind of like cut, sloshes everything all over the place, especially your type of right hand, the right hand you were carrying at that time. But you hit him off the top of the head, right? Yeah, and uh, he, he actually got caught right here. 
Oh, that's where it was, really. You know, if yeah, if it was down here, it was over. Yeah, sure. exactly. That's what I meant by if I just catch them, like it was like like here, just a little bit on the side right here. Yeah, yeah. If, if it was like that much further south, it would it yeah. wouldn't have you wouldn't have got up. That's wild. I, I could have sworn I thought I, I thought I saw him clip off. It looked top. like that on the replay. But it looked, yeah, watch it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, No, I know. I mean, look, it's thirty years later. How many times have I seen? It? I've seen. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I've watched that a million and, times myself. I really did. Yeah, it's, it's, and I, like, and I, I still wouldn't say you're inaccurate. Yeah. It was, it was <laughs> but that, I but I remember it, it hitting on here. You were that close. Is it still missed a by regret? that much? Maxwell's it, smart. Remember, it, is it still the source, Donny, of a massive regret for you, or are you over it, or is that still one of those bittersweet kind of things where you think, "God damn, if only." You know what? Not if only because, I mean, what happened in my life with a little bit of kind of like fame and fortune that happened in my life, mainly to the people around me more so than me personally, but might me personally as well. Yeah. What happened in my life to the degree I experienced, I probably would be dead by now. I probably mm -hmm. wouldn't be with my wife. I probably wouldn't be, you know, with my family, you mm -hmm. know, because life got so crazy so yeah. fast. You know, yes. when Sylvester Stallone's offering you a, a part in Rocky. Yeah. You're yeah. going to go home after the meet. You're gonna, you know what I mean? Like, it's a yeah. different world. Yeah. Yes. And I didn't want that world. That's That wasn't what I was interested. I was interested in becoming a world champion, yeah. making enough money to be, you know, uh, okay, and being mentally sound after boxing. Those are my three goals. So after the Leonard fight, I had, I had accomplished that. Before the Leonard fight, I had accomplished that. Mm -hmm. With the Leonard fight, the money obviously I'd accomplished it more. Yes. But yeah. So so it it wasn't like that for me. Then mm -hmm. no. And it also, when it comes to wealth, Donny, I mean, I know you got a, a, a big seven figure purse for the Leonard fight. Oh, you said that yeah. there's a whole there's a whole world of money which is actually quite complicated, and hanging on to your money when you're a young successful person is not as simple as you might have imagined. Is that is that true? Well, let's put it numbers-wise. Of all the boxers I know of our generation, Michael probably agree with me. Well, I'm going to say there's two. Two that I know of, I, I believe, and I apologize to either one of them if I'm wrong. But I believe, uh, uh, oh, my God, Mark Breland yeah. and, Jerry, and Jerry Cooney. Yes. Yeah. Are two that kept their money. Larry Holmes. Larry Holmes. And then Larry Holmes. You're right. Exactly. Sugar Ray Leonard, of course. So three. Out of how many hundreds? Uh, yeah, and yeah. And Ray Leonard. Henry Leonard, yeah. good, good point, good point. Ray never stopped making money, though. Yeah, exactly. You know, my even you know you got to add now you got to add Tyson to that, but Tyson never stopped making money. But he went Mike broke. Tyson lost enough, everything. Yeah, of course he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah he did. Yeah. He did. So, um, so you're, Man, it's Man very went broke. Yeah, wow, yeah, yeah, very no, few. Very, no very few. Went broke. That's crazy. Yeah, well, that's why so, he fought. That's why he fought uh, Camacho. I said today, why would he fight? Why would he fight Camacho? He goes, what do you mean? Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah, he, he goes did. for money. He goes for money. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, well, okay. He needs the money. And I said, wow. I didn't know after you make millions, you need money. <laughs> yeah. Now I know. Yeah. Well, you you told me a, a few years ago in Milan, Donny. You said that at the time there was a lot of publicity about I think it's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who's who's money guy, his attorney, or whatever, his financial right. advisor, like a hideous amount of money on his behalf which meant he had to go teach in basketball in high school again. And you were a little bit paranoid about that. And you didn't necessarily trust 
the, the financial advisors around you or anybody. And I think the, the line you used at the time was, or to me in, in Milan was, if anyone was going to lose my money, it was going to be me. And you said, and I did it too. Yeah. You know, it didn't yeah. <laughs> Faster than they would have for sure. How did you do that, Johnny? How did you, how did well, you I, do that? I'll answer that in a second. But the guy's name was Richie Vaccarello. And it's not that I didn't trust Rich, Richie. It's I didn't trust kind of like the system, like like what happened with Kamim Abdul-Jabbar. I mean, in other words, anybody can lose your money. I mean, I don't know if this guy's a criminal. He probably is. But you hear about, like, you know, Don, Don, what, like my money manager said to me, Donnie, look at Donald Trump as an example. He's in real estate because I told him I'll just put money in real estate. You can't lose. And he goes, well, Donald Trump's in real estate. He makes a billion dollars every, every deal he does. But every 10 years, he goes broke. He goes bankrupt. And then he does it again. You know, he goes, money management is very different than making money. And he goes, yes. and you've made, you've made your money. You don't need to make money. You need to hold on to your wealth and let it fund your life. Yes. If he said, if you can live this life the rest of your life, are you not okay? I said, I'm better than okay. He goes, that's all I'm talking about. He goes, don't worry about anything about money anymore. If you want to do stuff, do it on the side, do a cyber project. And you give you, we give you started startup finance and then you can build it. But if it doesn't build itself, you don't want to do it. You don't want to buy something to make money, you want it to make you money. If it's making you money, then you don't need a bunch of money. He goes, so you're in a position to do anything you want. Don't risk it. And he's 100% accurate, you know? But that's easy to say in retrospect, and I can say that, but that's because he was a good guy. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's guy might not have been. Yeah, You've yeah. heard a million stories like this guy made off. He made off yeah. with all these people's like money. Yeah. Uh, this other sick guy is freaking eating kids or something. He's, he managed all kinds of people's money. You know what I mean? Like just because the guy's a money manager also doesn't make him a good person. Yes. So, you know, you know, we don't know. We don't know what yeah. we can do for sure. But it's certainly not easy. I mean, man, money management is freaking, yeah. for me, and, it's and, nuts. And generally, yeah. fighters are always first-generation money. And first, right. the first generation to hold on to anything is hard. You know what Very I mean? Very difficult. Yeah, again, the people around you also, everybody around you has never been around money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So every conversation is coming from that perspective. You so, know? Don, I, I remember when um, we, we talked about the fight, the Leonard fight, and I remember you telling me that during that fight, Ray hit you in the throat. Yeah. And, and well, that, it, Watch yeah. the fight. That's how yeah. it ended. Just watch the fight. I lift it, I lift it up. Yeah, it's not on him. It's on me. Yeah. He was throwing punches at my chin. I yeah. lifted up, which left my throat open, and he hit me with a two-punch combination. That's the last two punches of the fight. Yeah. So and those punches crushed my larynx. Like I only have half a larynx. I had yeah. surgery after. Yeah. November was the fight. December I had surgery, and yeah. they tried to reopen it, but they couldn't. Wow. So you know, so it, instead of being around like it's supposed to be, it's like, yeah. like kind of like that. Yeah. Almost yeah. closed. Yes. Ruined my singing career, you know. I was gonna, yeah. Be but if next, you listen uh, to Donnie's post fight interview in the Leonard fight, Donnie can hardly talk because yeah. of a lot of people haven't seen that interview for whatever reason. But Donnie is clearly struggling with basic speech because he was hit in the throat, you know. But, yeah, wow, that's and you felt, I mean, obviously yeah. the pain registered as well, or was your adrenaline masked off? Yeah. No pain, no, I wouldn't say it. I mean, I felt. The, con the connection, like, you know, if you yeah. feel when a punch connects yeah. with you. Yeah. But, you know, we're fighters. We don't feel pain. Yeah. Exactly. I, mean, I don't know. I never felt pain in a boxing ring. So you've never felt – how about – have you been thumbed in the eye? 
Um, okay, now let me take that back. One he time I ran Barkley. One time, Bar- one time Barkley, Michael, you know, in Gleason's there. He used to box <laughs> I ran Barkley all the time. Yeah. He, he hit me with an uppercut. Yeah. And I mean, I it didn't break my nose. My nose never been broken. But yeah. like my whole head seemed like it yes. was bleeding out of every pore, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. the guy hit me so hard. Yeah. With a, an uppercut. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Lennox Lewis hit me once really hard. Oh, my God. Uh, 1983. So he was like 220. Yeah. I was 170. Yeah. I was going to defend my title against uh, Rodney McDonald and Kitchener. And I phoned him, hey, Junior. So we used to call him. He'd be like, yeah, yeah Donald, how are you doing? I'm like, because I haven't seen him for a number of years, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. It sounds like his dad, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. And he goes, you know, you really want me to come down there? And I was like, yeah, can you come down and do some sparring? I need some boxing. Okay. Yeah. Because I had no idea. He was number one in the world as an amateur, 220 pounds, you know. Yes, yes. Absolutely. So he comes, he gets in the gym, and he walks right up to me like this close, looks out at me. You sure you still want to spar? And I said, oh I have to. I've got like a fight yeah. in like 12-round <laughs> championship fight. I need sparring, you know. Uh-huh. So we sparred, and boy, did he hit me hard once. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Never yeah. forget. Yeah, I don't think he could do anything but hit hard. I mean, Lennox is yeah, like, yeah, punch, a monster. What I seen, monster. what he did to Galata to get him out of there, and anyone, oh my god, anyone eclipse, he's getting rid of. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. he was a genius in there. Yeah, he was. Uh, I think we lost Ben for a second, but yeah, it looks like. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right, guys. I- I was putting the, it's a bit unprofessional, it's moving about, but I was putting the charger into the phone because, um, because it, it was a box, it was a bunch of boxing people. We're not tech professionals. No, <laughs> sure, exactly. Um, no, you, you know, it, we were going to lose everybody if I didn't plug this into the, to the charger. So, no, and okay. I'm actually in a friend's apartment today, not in my own. So that's, I didn't even know where, where to go, but we got it now. Um, usually, Donnie, usually, usually, uh, usually on the wall close to the bottom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I knew there was plugs around, but you know, in my in my own kind of space, I know I've got all sorts of things, and I can just plug straight in without yeah. anybody noticing. But in any case, Donny, you fought for a long time after the Leonard fight. You know, after having, like you say, made enough money that could have sustained you for the rest of your life. And um, and you told me some time ago when we first ever did an interview on social media that you know you pretty much fought for another. 15 years because simply because that's what's in you and you, you were a fighter and you couldn't think of anything but anything else to do you know for your for your sense of identity you know well no i just love doing it i mean i still today yeah. i'm so sick that i'm like i saw a picture of ray leonard the other day it's his birthday and he's 67 i went yeah i guess he looks a little bit like we shouldn't be getting hit in the head anymore you know <laughs> you know because i'm still thinking like can't we do an exhibition or something and, yeah you know yeah. Just for fun, you know. Yeah. We were talking about it in Mexico about a year ago, and he was like, "Yeah, but don't you think it's kind of crazy?" And like, like you know, like one guy hits the other, and all of a sudden you get upset, and then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, like something happens. You know, huh? I yeah. said this is about this is about nostalgia for people. It's about entertainment. You know, mm-hmm. we, you know, you got to take all of that out. This mm-hmm. has nothing to do with hurting each other. Mm-hmm. It's about it's it's just because people want to see those same two people. It's like surreal for them. Yeah, you know, we're in our 60s, and these guys are, you know, (laughs) boxing. Yeah, yeah. I'm a purist. I don't like, you know, like pretending boxing. You can't play boxing. Yeah, yeah. But you can definitely 
at our age. Yeah. Do what we're experienced enough, we're old enough, we're respectful enough of the sport, our health and each other, that we should be able to do this and have fun. I thought Tyson and Jones were a good example of it. Yeah. You know, they didn't try to kill each other. It was still enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Just because it was Tyson and Jones. But isn't the intent to do it, Tony? You know, guys like Jack Johnson used to go on the road many years into his dotage. Still, still lacing them up and still giving exhibitions. You know, Ray Robinson yeah. and Willie Pep did an exhibition when they went pretty much. I think it was around 1965. They jumped in the ring, and it's still. I, honestly, I honestly don't see the per, the good point. I don't. I honestly don't see. I mean, besides the point of a fighter being able to make money off his name, I yeah. don't see unless you unless somebody has unless there's the threat of somebody getting dropped. I don't see how it's entertaining. No, I, I hear you. I didn't, well, the way I said it, as far as uh, Donnie used the example of Roy Jones and Mike Tyson, if yeah. I was in a gym and somebody said to me, Ben, come by at 10 a.m., Roy and Mike are going to spar, I'd be like, oh, wow, I'll come down for that, you know. Yeah. But for, you know, fighters, I, once, yeah. You make it, once you make it a public event, it doesn't actually appeal to me, to be honest with you, no. Mm-hmm. Michael, Donnie, do you spar still? Do you oh, spar no. either one of you guys? Hell no. I, I, okay. I do, Donnie, but only with clients. You know, anyway. <laughs> but don't you think? Don't you think it would be so much fun? Don't you want to? You know, what? I, the last time I sparred was with Q-Tip from Tribe Called Quest. And, and, yeah, from Tribe Called Quest. And it must have been about nineteen. Uh, no, it was about two thousand and five, two thousand six. Yeah. And 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 Tip is pretty good with his hands, and he's thick. Like he's got. He knows guys with big backs. You have one too. Guys with big backs, they all punch hard. Wayne Caplet was like that. He had like a hunchback. And then guys like that just, I know, they hit hard. And, and so I'm moving around with Tip, and I'm thinking everything's all cool and everything. And he came out serious. He whipped the right hand. And for some, just instinctually, I went under it. And I felt this thing breeze over my head. And I was like, that's as hard a punch thrown at me as Hearns threw, Barkley threw, all you threw. <laughs> that thing was real. That was designed to knock me out. And I'm like, so it's wow. A, it was only a matter of like, and he had really good hands, really beautiful combinations and everything. I'm like, the odds are I'm going to get hit with something like that after a while. I mean, it's just natural. It's right, kind of, right. And I'm supposed to hold back. So what's the sense in this? So from there on, I never sparred again. That was it. I was like, just no. Yeah, yeah it didn't yeah. make sense to me. Yeah, a lot of downside, not much upside. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. but the time before that, I was sparring with this one kid, and he and he was small, and he was like maybe like about one hundred and forty-seven pounds, and he threw a punch and hit me in my in my back, and I was cool. Yeah, what didn't hurt? I mean, it was nothing. We messed around, messed around. I leave that evening. I'm urinating blood for like three days, and I was just yeah. like, "This is ridiculous." Wow. So, I did surgery, the whole thing, nuts. You know who says he'll spar with me? He said he will move around if he comes to England. John Scully, Iceman John Scully oh, says that yeah. he, he spars all the time. Yeah, <laughs> he knows I'll still jump in a ring and move about. So he said we'll definitely do that. BD, if I'm in London, we're gonna we're gonna do a few rounds because he he still spars with pretty useful amateurs. You know, young bucks yeah. who are kind of yeah yeah lively, and he still yeah. and he'll do Scully. From what I understand, we'll do 15 rounds in a gym with these kids, and he will yeah. handle them because of what he knows. Yeah. So I, I don't know whether I really, I really want to spar Scully, but I can't back out, can I? So if he comes here, I'm, I'm up for it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I, I would do everything you could to get ready. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's, he's a nightmare. He's a nightmare. Uh, I would love to still spar. I would just love to still spar. Yeah. I just know it doesn't make sense. You know? Exactly, right? Last, last time I sparred with a kid, it remind, Ray Leonard said to me once, you know, didn't did it like he goes like you you never seem to get bothered even like you're 43 fighting hill and to get hit or whatever and i said no it never bothered me he goes you know what i said well you know what you, you never mind getting hit i mean you were unbelievable what you could take and he goes no but one day you know just like he goes i was sparring with somebody and they hit me to the body and it was just like Whoa. he goes he goes i never felt anything like that yeah. and i just realized you know i'm at an age where i don't need to be get hit get hit anymore yeah yeah, yeah. and i said no that never happened to me you know, so a couple <laughs> years later, I'm in Malta training with this kid who I'm teaching how to punch. Yeah. And he hits me with a body shot. And it was just, I just raised, all I could hear is Ray, what Ray said. You know, yeah. all of a sudden, one day he hit me and, oh, it hurt so much. Yeah. My whole yeah. body hurt. You know, it was like, yeah. I didn't know anything hurt that much, let alone your whole body, you know, yeah. at one time. Yeah. <laughs> and I went, wow, I guess I'm probably at that point, you know. Yeah. I, I on you what you've been doing all those years and stuff that you took for granted there surely comes a point when you become a little bit mindful and conscious of it in a way that you're, just, you're superhuman when you're younger you guys you know at the top of your game yes. yes and you're really not normal human beings you're not normal you're not normal people and at some point you become a little bit more normal and you actually think my god is this what is this what i've been doing to other people as well and is this what i used to I, shake off without a second thought what happens is there, there's a there's a um I don't know. It's almost like you go into some sort of like trance. You you don't really feel it like a first person feel. Like your adrenaline yeah. masks so much pain, but you only have so many. Uh, like the adrenaline stores, it's kind of like that metaphorical well. And every time you go down into the well and you pull the water up, there's less water in the well. And it's Absolutely. the same thing in terms of pain. So after a while, you know you you don't feel pain. You don't feel pain. Then then it all becomes normalized. And then you start to feel the pain of things and the discomfort and, and the fact that you're breathing hard and your lungs are tugging and all the rest of that kind of stuff. It's 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 interesting how it works. I, I don't know yeah. if it's the same for you, Donnie, but but Donnie, I did want to want to, on a certain point. I want to talk to you about your fights on TV because I was I always enjoyed watching them. You were on CBS a lot, right? They they um it was Tim Ryan and Gil Clancy that called your fights, no? And um who I fight that they do oh. And I, they I were they they were at when I did uh, they did do fights of mine, but the first time those two guys saw me box was against Tommy Hearns in Winnipeg, a four round exhibition wow. to raise money yeah. for Ralph Racine. Yeah, oh, and wow. uh, yeah. Gil Clancy was quoted in the paper yeah. the next day saying, "I've never seen anybody. It was the biggest compliment I ever had, probably." Yeah. I've never seen anybody who, with lateral movement or who could counterpunch like that, the long guy, since Emil Griffith. Wow. You know, it was just such a beautiful compliment. It must have felt yeah. amazing. Gil, felt was one of the, Gil was one of the finest, sharper boxing minds of that era, I feel. He, he was such a great analyst when he was, when he was commentating on fights, like you say, twinned up with, with Tim Ryan. He, he had insights which you don't seem to get so much today. The, the Gil yeah, yeah well, well, he hated me, so we're just going to keep him moving. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he didn't like you. No, well, Gil, Gil didn't. He said something uncomplimentary about you, did he? Yeah, but we won't go there. It's just about Donnie. This is Donnie's time. So, Donnie. No, so no, but, you know, tell us. Tell us. I want to hear it. Yeah, he wants to know now. 
<laughs> no, but, but Donnie, you actually, what was really interesting to me, I remember you fought Willie Vampire Johnson. Yeah. And yes, yeah, so, uh, Wilbur. Uh, yeah, Wilbur yeah, Wilbur, Wilbur, Wilbur Vampire Johnson, yes. And it was always so intriguing because I remember he came in. Was it your fight that he came in in a, in a coffin? Yeah. Right. He did that on ESPN. He did that a few times. He came yeah, yeah, on yeah. with the robe, you know, with the robe, yeah. the whole vampire exactly. outfit the whole on. Thing, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then you knocked him out, and the whole thing just reversed. Well, it was crazy. No, Donnie's first loss was to, to the vampire. vampire. That's right. So our first <laughs> fight, yeah, the first fight, I broke my uh, my right hand in the first round. Yeah. I still thought I won the fight. Yeah. I followed him back to his corner after the fight. Yeah, Pete Susans threw water on him. Said, "You effing bum, you could have won that fight." They didn't even <laughs> yeah. think they won, but the Winnipeg judges gave it to them. Wow, see, the yeah. Winnipeg judges, getting back to the mafia thing, the Winnipeg judges back then yeah. were all co controlled by the mafia, who ran boxing. They had mm -hmm. the commission, they had the, the commission, they had the promoter, they had uh, what's it called, uh, the premier. You know, they would provide these guys drugs and women, you know, yeah. so yeah. they can get anything done. You know, yeah. And so did you rematch him? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so they didn't want me yeah. climbing up in Winnipeg. Yes. And I was. So they, they brought this guy in and the judges gave a bad decision. So we fought a rematch six months later because I destroyed my hand. I broke it in, yeah. like, in the first round. So I kept using it. So this knuckle is much shorter than it should be. Wow. But anyway, um, in the rematch, I knocked him out in, I think, the first round. Yeah. First round or second round, something like that. Yeah, yeah. But he right. could fight actually. Wilbur could fight a little bit. He he was a pretty good boxer, good amateur, you know. Yeah. No, Jim. He fought he John Mugabe in, in Venezuela, and then right. fifteen years after that, he fought Guillermo Jones at cruiserweight, the Panamanian. Yeah. So yeah, he, yeah. See, guys like that would have an interesting story because nobody ever talks to guys like that. Nobody ever interviews yeah. guys like that. But yeah. I don't know if he's still alive. If he is, guys like Wilbur Johnson would would be very interesting subjects. He would be a great interview. Unfortunately, he did just pass a few years ago. Well, but, uh, yeah, he was a real character. He was a really funny character. I really think I gave guy. him a victory now I think about it. I think I wrote a little tribute for him, so I, I should remember that he, he passed away, actually. But Johnny, is Marvin Johnson still with us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, he he was at the... Uh, he's good. We, I, I was inducted into the Indiana Boxing Hall of Fame last yeah, year. Congratulations. So he was there, which was such an honor, you know. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, so, uh, yeah, so it was really nice to reconnect and see he's mm -hmm. well and, you know, he's, he seems yeah. fine. Uh, Mar Marvin, is he's a quiet guy. He's like yeah. a hard guy to read, but he always was, you know. Yeah, yeah, so he's yeah. exactly like he was, you know. Yeah, yeah. But a super nice guy, super, uh, Yeah. I mean, what a warrior. I mean, the freaking fights this guy had before I even ever met That's the guy, right? let alone yeah. what he did after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you, do you find that fighters like Marvin, Marvin Johnson, they reflect their personalities? Like when you see their fight style in the ring, that is their style outside of, of a per As a person. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's cool, right? Quite a bit. Quite a bit. Right? Yeah. 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 Uh, but, but, you know, okay, but look at like, like, you know, kind of like, you know, there's things happen in life. So you have what's called an inauthentic self. Because yes. when you're young, you have these experiences and all of a sudden you Oh my God, I got to be careful. I can't walk that way anymore because I might get hit in the head. So I'm going to yeah. walk this way now or whatever, yeah. you know. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, fi fighters, you know, evolve, right? As, as they're what they're going through in their careers, right? Yeah. And, and, I, and I really think, like, if you look at, like you say, as a reflection, James Tony, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, he is a character. He is yeah. such a character. But he's like that in the ring. I mean, I don't know what he was like in a fight. I never fought him. Yeah. But I mean, he he would make so many jokes. We had so much fun sparring. Yeah. You know, he was just a light guy. Yeah. And he yeah. was he's a quirky guy. He's got coming yes. from everywhere, just like when he's fighting, <laughs> you know. And you yeah. got a guy like Tommy Hearns, who's just like very stoic. Yeah. Very like, you know, black, white, A yeah, B. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's like boom, 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 yes, boom. Yes. You know. Yes. Like you like you say, I mean, if you really look at it that yeah. way, yeah. You can really match the two a lot not with everybody but with a lot of people for sure yeah and i think that's kind of like the best way to fight like as a fighter if you're fighting your personality if you're fighting with what your personality is you're going to be more truthful to the situation than if you were fighting in a way a trainer wants you to fight it's like you said it's inauthentic to fight different than what your personality is and your trainer should teach you something that would match your personality and not necessarily something that's going to fight against it. Do we see that? Exactly. My opinion. You get trainers, you get trainers who try to make you something you're not. Did you ever experience that kind of battle in the gym? Ted, 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 Teddy Atlas wanted me to be, you know, he trained everybody like they're Mike Tyson. Yeah. I'm like, Teddy, you don't, you don't have to browbeat me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have not been to prison. Don't talk to me like I'm a prisoner. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I've, I've not been to this. I've not done this or that. I, I'm yeah. come from a different place. Yeah, communicate to me like a human being. Yes, you know. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I think you should to everybody, but yeah. I don't know if this works for you and them or whatever. I'm not speaking to you with them. Yeah, you know. But yeah. so Teddy was like that. Whereas Tommy, like you know, Teddy was all about he was going to be the hero. So he was going to like really make my left hand this, you know, I always wanted to continue working my left hand, but, but, but Teddy would ignore other things because his goal was X. Yeah. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tommy Gallagher just said, Donnie, take that left hand, stick it up your ass. You knock on everyone with the right hand. Who gives a fuck about your left hand? You know, type, type thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I was in the middle on that a little bit. No, cause I, I have pride and I also, know the power of my left hand when it's effective mm-hmm. so i didn't want to give up on it i did want to work on it bobby cassidy came in because he was tommy's partner so they both yeah. trained me yeah. and and to- bobby gave me a lot of education you know uh tommy was more of a you know cheerleader and, and pump you up build you up keep you going motivator this kind of a thing and yeah. bobby was more of an educator yeah but um you know those guys took the best i had and made the best of it Yes. Teddy wanted it was about Teddy. It was about yes. I'm gonna mold you to be this because you need to be what I want or think. Yeah, right? do you feel he's one of those trainers who put his own ego into the into the whole thing very much? Do I feel that I lived it? Yeah, I mean I know yeah. it. Yeah. Have, it wasn't seen, about the fighter. Have, have, uh when's the last time I saw Teddy? I know it's been a long time. I saw him in Vegas. Yeah. Um you know, this is I mean, like he was with Moore. Mm-hmm. And I was just so happy for him because put everything else aside, I hadn't heard of all this stuff or anything that he said about the book and all that. I knew we had problems, but I mean, I don't, I don't hold on to things. And, you know, so I just saw him and I was like, oh, my God, Teddy, I'm so happy for him. He's like, he's got the world champion, Michael Moore, who blew, which blew me away. I was happy for Michael, a light heavyweight, I thought, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. And so I just went up to him, hey, Teddy, how you doing? And you know, I went to like give him a hug and shake his hand and say, congratulations on your career and blah, blah, blah. And he went to shake my hand before he knew who it was, you know? And then he realized and he like pushed me with one hand, pulled back with the other hand, 
you motherfucker, right. and just went off like he was on the street talking to like yeah. an animal or something. You know, it's yeah. like wow, like we're in we were we were in Caesar's palace, yeah. full of people. Okay. It's like Teddy, are you freaking nuts? Like literally, yeah. are you nuts? I mean, yeah. twenty years ago or whatever it was, <laughs> you know. I mean, geez. Forgive and forget. He certainly ought to, because basically, what he admitted to, if you were going to get the hump about something and have a resentment, that would be the, that would be the stuff. I would think, you know. I mean, there's there's, there's, no, there's no logic even to the conversation. Teddy, yeah. Teddy is Teddy is Teddy. There's no other Teddy, yeah. and he makes his own, does his own little framework of what it is to survive in this world, and to do that, yeah, yeah. he has to be. You know, he has to be what he right now has framed as Teddy Atlas. Mm -hmm. And I did that as me. And it is what it is. So what can I say about him? I mean, I guess he does what he feels he needs to do to be a big tough guy in the world. And yeah. which is what he feels he needs to be to survive. He comes from Queens. I'm yeah, come from absolutely. Vancouver, you know. <laughs> Vancouver. I mean, I was just a kid walking down the street with an ice cream cone, you know. These guys trying to survive in Queens. It's a different world. You know? <laughs> yeah, oh, cool. yeah, but but okay, so now let's talk about current day Vancouver, which is kind of like the meth capital of the world or something. It's almost like inverted. It's true. It's true. It was a really bad part of it. It was a really yeah. bad part back then. Yeah. Now really, still probably. Eh? Yeah. Now, now even even as much, if not more so, they have like, it's crazy. It's, it's like a zombie apocalypse. Like I remember when I went back a few years ago and there was streams of, of people who were had these... Um, addictions to opioids and everything but they would walk in groups like streams and it would be yeah. like crossing the street with like with trolleys and they're all like whatever they they had belongings they had in them and it was really sad in fact i had taken my two sons with me and that's one image of vancouver that stuck through their mind they were maybe like i don't know they must have been about 12 and 10 at the time and it stuck through their minds to this very day that's the image they get like this like um zombie advocate of, of zombies just walking across the street and stopping traffic and it's like two three blocks long it was crazy yeah yeah the part of town is pretty rough but but yeah. still michael like rough for us like you know it was like a knife fight yeah you know <laughs> when these guys grow up it's very different where yeah. you know it's a different world it really is yeah. and and uh you know vancouver in particular that area did have violence like i say even back back then mm -hmm. you know but again, they were orange. Yeah, I mean, I go back. I mean, not not the last five years. Yeah, yeah. I used no. to go back a lot. My kids went to school. I had my yeah. kids go to uh, uh, boarding school there, yeah. so we would go back quite a bit for a few years, and you know. Yes. But um, I'm not going to Canada. I'm not like you know what they're doing right now to people there, like what happened with the truckers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that kind yeah. of world, I'm just not going to be that guy, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm ashamed and and I'm really sad for my country. Yeah, it I does agree. seem, Donny, that in many ways you've you've tried to create a life outside of the mainstream for yourself. You don't. I, I know that you disapprove of quite a lot <laughs> of what's going on on a government level and in, in terms of social media and platforms you can trust. And it does seem like you're walking something of a maverick path where you've tried to create your own independence from from capitalism and the totalitarian kind of substructure of things. Very Maybe. safe to say. Yes. Yeah, it's, I've been, it's, it's been a bit of a mission of mine since, you know, like Stanley Park in Vancouver in 1969, you know, with the Vietnam stuff going on. 
you know, and I'm like back then, right from those days, like since I've been a young kid, these international things, you know, Kent State, you know, just the things that you saw the government do, how can you have any trust in that? Mm-hmm. And then we had many experiences with a lot of violence in our home and the way the police dealt with it or the court systems dealt with it. You realize the system is not built for our best interest and all about taking care of the people, right? Mm-hmm. So, and right now, a lot is being exposed in this world. A lot mm-hmm. of the things that I've been kind of proponent of trying to speak of to wake people up to for many years are really becoming prevalent and known, which I'm very happy for. Not because they're there, but because people need to know they're there if we're going to stop them before, literally, there's a genocide going on, guys. I mean, you know, I know there's a boxing show and all that stuff, but these guys are trying to eliminate population. If people don't get that by now, we're Mm -hmm. done. You know, we got to figure this out and stop it. You know, Mm -hmm. we're fighters. What are you going to do? Lie down and just say, here, kill me. Like, you know, do whatever you want. This whole uh, thing, you know, where they're going to track everything you do. And I mean, in New York, right now, they're going to start. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Measuring, like uh, counting people's meat consumption. Tracking people's meat consumption. Really? Starting in New York now, yeah. Well, They're starting never... to put mRNA, mRNA vaccines in cattle and I believe chicken in America starting this month. Wow. Well, I guess I'm going to This is sick stuff. I'm going to have to become a vegetarian unwillingly. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I don't know. There's been stuff like this going on forever. And, yeah. you know, like I've always done what, like you say, Ben, to, to like, you know, try to live my life outside of that. And not yeah. because I'm like anti anything. Yes. I just yes. believe in we're, you know, free Wait individual sovereign human beings and we don't deserve the tyranny. The, you know. Let me ask you on that point, the fact that the population is so, I mean, it's massive what it is. It's just growing and continues to grow with, with uh, do you think that kind of that we have to be monitored, that we have to be like for human beings and so many diverse human beings to live so close together that automatically causes a, a certain type of conflict? Right. Because generally we like that, which is most like ourselves and anything that's different, we call, you know, it's it's taboo. Well, why are we opening our borders and making everywhere, you know, multi multi uh, cultural yeah. or whatever you call it? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I love Italy. I love Italy, but what I love about Italy is the Italian part of Italy. Yes, the part that's really Italian. You yes, know, yes, I yes, love yes. Britain. You want to go there to have a pint, yeah, yeah. and a, a dog or whatever. You know, fish or whatever. I, I, yeah, fish and chips. I'm not going there for you know seafood from Costa Rica. Yeah, I'm going there. You know. Yeah. So so yeah no I mean the things that's being done to our culture is sick, insidious, satanic. And uh, I don't want to be a part of it. So you're yeah. right. Yeah, I, I, I've done everything I can to be outside of it. Yeah. 
Well, we're kind of penetrating the, the Joe Rogan territory here, Michael. I don't know where, how you feel about that direction, but it feels like that's where we're, we're becoming more like that kind of show in the last, in the last uh, segment here. But I'm cool with it. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's, it's you know it's all about the fight uh, life. We we fight in the ring, we fight outside it. It's part of who Donny is, and I know, and I know that Donny sometimes has been called a conspiracy theorist. Funnily enough, the historian Steve Compton, who went off at you, Michael, and was saying, "Michael Elijah, they stay in your lane. What the heck do you know about Harry Greb or anything?" While while we're on it, and you have <laughs> you have been very polite, but being like, "Well, sir, I, I kind of fought elite level. I fought Tommy Hearns and stuff." You weren't even saying that, but it, he should have. Bit more deferential to that. I remember him saying to Donny, he was deleting Donny because he said, I can't listen to this nonsense anymore. You were a good fighter, but this is just beyond the pale. So, and I know Donny's, you know, a secure guy who's not sensitive, but I, yeah. I suppose you're used to people trying to dismiss some of that stuff that, that you're passionate about, Donny. <laughs> and, and they'll put that, that, that label on you. Is that, is that something well, you deal with? Think I'm not, they, think, they think I'm nuts. People have thought I'm nuts from like my whole life. I mean, saying I want to <laughs> be a boxer. With a separated yeah. shoulder, you know, and, and, and no real physicality to, to back that up, you know. Yeah. Uh, everything I've done, uh, people have thought that. But, yeah. but, but, the, but the bottom line is, like, you know, like 1980, there was a big story done uh, by the Winnipeg Free Press Sports Section. It was, a, it was a, like a full page conversation I had with them about because they contacted me and said, we heard the AMA wants to ban boxing. What do you think of that? I said, well, we need to ban the AMA. And they're like, what do you mean? I said, these guys tell you that drinking cow's milk is good for a human being. You know, no other yeah. human, no other mammal in the world, no other animal in the world drinks the milk of another animal. And I just got into the science of milk. And I said, you can say all you want if you're a milk salesman. But I'm just telling you the facts are the AMA is not protecting people and that's their job. So we need to get rid of them. So I have spoken against counterculture yeah. since I was 20 years old, you know, since anybody would go. listen. Yeah. Okay, so, so they're means, happy to wipe me out, you know. So like that means stories. my my sayings twice as sweet as chocolate milk. I've got to take that down. No, yeah, because well, it's true. Sweet, <laughs> sweet is sweet, right? I've got another chocolate issue is with chocolate. that. Sugar is sugar. Issue with that. How Depends come? on the substance behind that sweetness. <laughs> and I know you've got way, that and the silk. You've got you've got your name again on the caption. It says silk twice as sweet as chocolate milk. I've got yeah. bent out in the pool. Donny has only got just literally Donny in there. Like he's just some That's truck driver from, from Arkansas. Yeah. It, what, why doesn't it say Donny Lalonde? It looked like one. I mean, Simon was ill this week, so I'm going to give him a pass. But that's a little bit disrespectful the way it just says Donny in these red letters right next to him there. I'm not at it all. Could also be a it could also be a compliment. I think you know? so. I think it is. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Donny, Maybe that's you... what it is, Donny. You need no introduction. You need no, no extra billing. You need no kind of... Yeah, 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 yeah. He doesn't need the egotistical massage like I do. But Donnie, let me ask you: If you would have played hockey, and you're very close to doing that, I mean, I don't know. I did play hockey. I did play hockey. So, so competitive hockey you played, right? Would you have been an enforcer? What team would you have played for, and who would you have loved to have knocked out? I would have wanted to play for Montreal Canadiens. The Canadiens. The game would have been a good. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I would have. I would have wanted to be his centerman. You know. There you go. <laughs> yeah, because I played center or wing. I could go either either one. Oh, and uh, I I got to know him in New York. But um, crazy. Yeah, no, I was a goal scorer. I was like, I was like, like kind of like in boxing. Fundamentals yeah. were terrible. Yeah. You know, okay. like I couldn't skate fast. I was the worst. I would get picked out of the all star teams because I was the leading scorer in the league. 
Yeah. And then right. they, we would have, the, you know, the, the warm-ups, you know, yeah. or the tryouts, whatever, you know, whatever they do when you start getting ready for the all-star thing. Yeah. And they, they just couldn't believe I was on this team because yeah. everybody skated way faster than me. I couldn't <laughs> shoot the puck from the blue line to the goalie in the air, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But I understood the game. I had a yeah. really good IQ for scoring. Yeah. So I could just get in the right position at the right time and put it in the net, you know, or Jeez. give it to somebody at the right time and they'd put yeah. it in the net. Yeah. I played in New York. One time we went to Jersey uh, yeah. to play. Uh, oh, my God, where were we? And, and um, it, was, you know, it was a pretty big deal. And, and yeah. we won 21 to 7. What? In a and myself and my friend who were on myself and my friend who were on the same team as kids. Yeah. Played together in New York. Mm -hmm. I I got 15 goals and six wow. assists. He got he got 15 assists and six goals. We just wow. freaking dominated that game. It was yeah, just yeah. awesome. Same yeah. arena I saw. Uh, oh my God, who's that guy? Fight fight Michael Spinks. <clears throat> I'm gonna forget. But anyway, it was really cool because I'd been there to see a world title fight. David Sears fought Michael Spinks, and yeah, and it was in Jersey. Yeah, same arena. I played yeah. hockey, and I'd seen Sears fight Spinks. Or no, Chez. Sears and Chez is what it was. Bobby yeah. Chez. Yeah. Chez knocked out Sears in two rounds. Yeah, yeah. that was crazy. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, what, what team? What team would you have loved to fight against? Play against? What team was? Uh, well, of course, of course. Uh, Boston was the fighters. There you go. Right? Yeah. I so can. you want to fight Boston or Chicago? And, yeah. Uh, Keith Magnuson. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 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 Um, I was always a Philadelphia Flyers fan. I love. Yeah. Flyers. Okay. I mean, you know, Dave Schultz. Yeah, right? Dave the Hammer Schultz. Yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. you guys ever hear that story once? I don't know anything about the, the ice hockey, but I heard I read a story in KO magazine in the eighties that one of the teams had drafted Emmanuel Stewart on. They'd enlisted his help to teach the guys. Some hand skills for when he kicked off and got into the fights on the on the the yeah. rink, and that yeah. they, Stewart was actually. I remember that story, that conversation. You remember the story? I remember and that. he was talking about how yeah. one of them had improved and was definitely using his jab more and setting up his right hand when it kicked off with the with the kind of rink violence, um, whatever they call it. Uh, that actually yeah. happened, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember that. And and but this is back in Winnipeg, like 1981, 82. I was there. And the Winnipeg Jets had me train some of their guys. Dave Babbage, okay. I remember, is one. Dave Scholler is another one. Mm -hmm. And um, it was so much fun because these kids are so strong. They're such incredible athletes, yeah. hockey aren't players, they? you know. Yeah. Aren't they? This and they hit so hard, yes. you know. Yeah. And they're so natural because they're such yeah. incredible athletes, you know. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah, no, they, you know, they, you know, it takes a real certain person to, mm -hmm. to get punched in the face yeah. and it be okay. Mm -hmm. You stay focused and keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I've met so many people from so many sports or walks of life or tough this, tough that, you know, rodeo people, whatever. Tough, tough people. Mm -hmm. But, the but they don't want to get punched in the face. Yeah, right? Yeah, they yeah. can't take a shot, you know? A different beast. Did you ever spar with Murky Sosa? You never oh fought. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? We sparred. <laughs> we almost <laughs> killed each other, as you can imagine. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah we, <laughs> <laughs> so years years later we're in vegas i swear yeah. this is a true story i'm at the top ranked gym yeah 33 years old and everybody's telling me what are you doing fighting you're nuts you're gonna get hurt this is what happens yeah. to people they fight too long blah 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 i'm like yeah. having fun but anyway panama lewis comes up to me i'm in top ranked gym he goes hey donnie i uh, give my guy a few rounds tomorrow and i'm like sure i'll give you guys like 
it's too stupid. Boxers don't ever say no. So I'm like, yeah, yeah okay, I'll give you whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then a little while after I said, my love is your guy, you know? Oh, no, I didn't say that. A trainer came up to me in there. I think it was Jerome Coffey, somebody. And they were like, uh, do you know who his guy is? And I'm like, no. And I went, uh, Murky Sosa. I went, yeah. oh, my God. <laughs> you know, if I'm going to get hurt in boxing, it's Murky Sosa who's going to hurt me. You know, <laughs> this guy punched from such weird angles, Ben. Yeah. And hit so hard. Yeah. He was just the called, weirdest guy to box. Did you box him? I did. I we used to spar a lot in New York at okay. Gleason's, and, he, yeah. and they call him El Corombo because his knees were, he was not. Right, 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 yeah. He had that weird stance. Yeah. Strong as hell. And you couldn't help but getting distracted by the knees. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a musician showing you this over here, but giving you one of these. You know? Yeah. But anyway, yeah. So anyway, that night I go back to you know my apartment and I'm thinking all night, all night. I'm, I couldn't even sleep. I'm like, yeah. this is how fighters get hurt. You're yeah. too stubborn to say yes. no. Yeah. I'm 34 years old. Yeah. I don't need to be doing this. He's oh. like, just be proud, proud enough or whatever. Get it amongst yourself to just say you don't want to do this. Yeah. You know? My wife was there. She was trying to talk me into that. Yeah. So I get to the gym and, and uh, I'm sitting outside waiting because I was like the first one there. And Murky walks up and yeah. he goes, oh, hey, champ. Oh, no, no. It was packed. I'm sorry. It was yeah. packed. That's yeah. that's why I couldn't go in. There was two reasons. Because yeah. I was the first one there. It was packed. I was packed. And I'm thinking, I'm not even going in there. Like, what the hell's going on? A freaking fight yeah. card? You know, like it was nuts. The whole parking lot. Remember how big it is? The whole parking yeah. lot and, and yeah. top rank and, and Vegas. It's huge. And uh, so I'm sitting there waiting outside and, and just for a minute, kind of get my head together. And Murky walks up. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, champ, how you doing? You know, and he's like, oh, good, champ. And, and he goes, uh, can we sit down for a minute? I'm like, yeah, sure. And sat down. And he goes, uh, do you want to do this? And I went, oh, my God, why, why are you asking me that? <laughs> and he goes, I've been up all night. I've been thinking, because don't you remember when we used to spar? We killed each other. Yeah. I, said, I know, I know. He goes, Do you know how many people are here? He goes, You know why they're here? They know we're sparring. Lewis, <laughs> Panama Lewis told them we're sparring. Like yeah. our sparring was legendary. Oh These people God. are here to watch us yes. kill each other. Yeah. Do you want to do this? Yeah. And I said, Well, I mean, I don't want to say no because I know you came here to box. Yeah. And I would not want to let you down. But I mean, I got to be honest. I've been thinking yeah. about it all night too. You know, yeah. <laughs> it was like, let's just go in there and tell him, fuck you guys. We're not yeah, doing yeah, this yeah. because oh we're God. not entertainment for you. No, it's sacrificing yourself for you. Yeah. And, so, and so we went in. But that's how bad our sparring was. We wow. hurt each other. Yeah. yeah. I can he was a tough guy. You he guys, was tough. You guys must say, I could only see that thing going toe to toe. And and, yeah. <laughs> and both of you. I mean, he was an incredible puncher. I, I remember hitting him in sparring. Yeah. And I remember, like, and it was like hitting, you know, a sandbag. It was like just so a wall. Like, I was like, wow, okay. And he used to spar with um, Ronaldo Snipes as well. And he was a super middleweight. Wow. And he yeah. actually, like, Snipes, you know how Snipes would fight. He'd be like, pop, pop, pop. And he'd talk and he'd be yeah. doing all this. Yeah. And that wild overhead right. And he, he landed on Murky's back at one point. Murky was a super middleweight, super middleweight at the point. Yeah. And he picked yeah. Ronaldo Snipes up. Picked him up, walked him to the center of the ring, and put him down, and started sparring with him. <laughs> I was like, "Yo, this guy is a beast." This is before he, yeah. him, you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. Of y'all know right. Sugar Ray sent him home because he was like, "No, we can't do this very long." Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's a monster. That guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We still talk once in a while. I love that guy. He's a real, real true fighter. Isn't he beautiful? Yeah, he's a really yeah. good spirit. He's such a good. Yeah, guy. good. Next yeah. time I'm in Vegas, I'm definitely gonna check him out, and see him. Yeah, do that. He would appreciate it. 
I can't believe how quick time has flown. And, and Ben, we're just like, this is epic with Donnie. Yeah, this is the longest show. This is the longest show that we've done of Sugar and Silk, I think. We've been going, we're closing in on 90 minutes. Um, it's, I'm glad you show an awareness of that because I, 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 I could talk all night, but we probably yeah. shouldn't. We um, <laughs> always leave them wanting more, the old axiom. But um, save some more, save some for another time. <laughs> Malik, Malik, we haven't even talked about Malik. Oh, who, that's your fighter. Your fighter, yeah, yeah. You guys, yeah. I mean, he's number fifteen by WBA or WBC, oh. number sixteen by the other one. Well, wait. Uh, he's you know got all uh, one seventy five. Nice punches like a heavyweight. Great division. Smart. Yeah. Uh, great legs. Yeah, like he's. You know, in my opinion, you know, obviously, I'm, 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 uh, what's biased. it called? Uh, biased. Yeah. But right, it's hard to be objective like this. But since I saw the kid, I told my wife, we can't leave. We're only supposed to be in Malta for a, a week. I yeah. said, we can't leave. We got to move here because this kid. I got to like manage this kid. He's like yeah, yeah. never seen a talent like this. Yes. And uh, so that's how I, you know, how attached I was. I was then. That was eight years ago. I feel the yeah. same way now. If there's anybody, and I'm not saying he does it. But I think he does. If there's yeah. anybody who beats a Bivol or a Betabiev, yeah. it's this kid. Wow. You know, what's his full name, Donnie? Sorry? What's his full name? Malik? Malik Zinad. Z-I-N-A-D. Okay. Yeah. It's actually a little bit longer than that, but he's Libyan, so it's that's it's like an abbreviated term, right? No name. But uh, this kid is so talented and such a great kid to watch box because he's He's, he's like a, got a great boxing IQ. He's got great legs. He moves around well. He's very entertaining. He's beautiful. He's got a yeah. beautiful smile. He's yeah. like, he'll, he'll like communicate with the crowd and the, the opponent and like, you know, just have fun in there, you know, while yeah. he's doing it kind of thing. Of course. Uh, yeah. Mean as can be. I mean, you guys would love him. I got to send you some tapes of him. But yeah, uh, you got to get him on sometime. We absolutely will have anytime. And, um, and we look out for his progress with a keen eye, sure. I know. And if you need anything breaking down in England, any bear, you know, if you if you're trying to make any links in England, if I can help in any way to try and get things moving more than already moving, then Thank you. let me know. For and sure. you said Thank he's you. We can find we could find anything on him on YouTube. No, he's twenty-one and oh. Twenty-one. Uh, I think sixteen knockouts, I think. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh no one has said about uh I can't remember what 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 the what the reference was, uh, but anyway, yeah, no, he's twenty one and 0, 16 okay. knockouts. And, and I managed. Um, I managed. Any... Yeah, there's stuff on YouTube on him for sure. I'll send you a couple links. Yeah, please do. I'll send, to start great. it off, yeah, because yeah, we got to get him on the show, and yeah, yeah, yes. look, absolutely. Him, uh, well, on this occasion, Donnie, it's been a massive pleasure to catch up again. You know, so we, we likewise, we'll do it again. Oh, and uh, you know we we will we will say goodbye off off the air as well. But for now, I hope you've enjoyed this fascinating glimpse into well just the the psyche of exceptional prize fighters. Really, with just me on the edge interjecting here and there. <laughs> we'll be back. We'll be back I, with another fantastic guest, or else it'll just be me and Silk. Either way, we ain't going to stop. Um, remember, I sincerely and genuinely enjoy your show. Thank you so much, Donnie. And listen, we got to bring you back too. Whenever a big fight happens or something, we got to sure. we got to break it down together. Yeah, we got the job. Sure, yeah. Because anytime, Donnie, anytime, I'd be fun. He, he doesn't talk about himself. He can talk about boxing intelligently, like like he can himself. So, thanks, guys. Thanks for bearing with us. Those of you who stayed to the end, we'll be back next week. Cheers. Ciao. Sports Social Podcast Network.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.